I was just thinking about this kid I grew up with. He was sort of the butt of everyone's jokes, not in a malicious way. Like, people weren't mean to him. But his existence was ridiculous. For one, he had ADHD. I, I say ADD. I feel like you sound like a jerk when you say ADHD. And I don't know if people... Just going off into a tangent immediately, but... I don't know if, if people my age or older remember this, but there was a distinct shift where around the early mid-90s, maybe even into the late 90s, but definitely early mid-90s, you just hear people say, oh, he has ADD. He's got ADD. And then all of a sudden, you, you started to hear people go, ADHD. And it doesn't flow off the tongue that well. You know, I think when you say ADHD, even though, yeah, it refers to something somewhat different than ADD. Oh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Instead of just attention deficit disorder. Like, yeah, there's a distinction there. But colloquial, colloquially, colloquially, ADD is what you should say. Because I've caught myself doing it. Even to this day, it comes up. People don't talk about ADHD as much. See, I just I just did that. I just said ADHD. ADHD. And the only reason I've, I've gotten in the habit of saying it that way is so that people don't correct me. Because that's what would happen. Like, once people decided that, oh, we're going to say ADHD to be more specific instead of ADD like we used to, the problem was people would correct you. Oh, do you mean ADHD? But, um, what was I going to say about that? I, I don't know. Just, uh, there was a shift where, like, suddenly people started saying it that way. And what I was going to say is just that I feel like when you, when you say ADHD instead of ADD, it's like an attempt to sound hoity-toity. It's almost like if you go to a, a Mexican restaurant with somebody who's not Mexican and they order their food and, like, they use the, uh, they they say the Spanish words with a Spanish inflection, like they roll their R's or something. Yeah, that's that's accurate. It's it's more accurate. But you end up sounding like a jerk. But anyway, this kid, like he had this kid I grew up with. Yeah, he had ADHD, but we said ADD, and uh, he was. People found him ridiculous. Like, I wouldn't say they made fun of him. They made fun of him by the very definition, but they didn't do it in a cruel way. Like, I don't think he was bullied. And I knew his whole family. He had multiple siblings that, you know, of different ages that were in my school. And uh, I met his parents. He was a kid that, you know, I wasn't friends with. Like, I never once made plans with this kid. He never made plans with me. But, like... Through a couple people I knew, like, I, I went to things with him. Like, I went to a 4th of July party and he was there. And his family, they weren't, I wouldn't call them white trash, but that's what they seemed like. His parents smoked a bunch of pot. And I think they considered themselves hippies, but they really weren't hippies. They just smoked weed. But they were kind of rough. Like, they were the kind of people who would just have, like, arguments and kind of loud. Just kind of rough. Just unrefined. 
Like if you met them, you go, "Oh, these are they're white trash. They're they're rednecks." And they, that's the, the kind of people they were close to, also. Like the families they were close to, were also were the ones who actually were rednecks. So they they were kind of like you know white trash adjacent, you might say. But if you actually knew them, that's not really what they were. They just kind of had the the social graces of white trash and the appearance of white trash. I don't know how to classify them, and maybe I don't need to. They were just their own entity. And I went to their house once, and it, it felt like going to the Dagobah system. Everything was just kind of brown. Like one of those houses you go to, and like the house is painted brown, the carpet's brown, the furniture's brown, and it all looks like it kind of like grew out of the ground. It wasn't dirty. But when everything's brown and old, like not old as in antique, just kind of, I don't know, just it, it just all looked like worn. And not in a way like it was, uh, not like things were falling apart. It just, everything just kind of, I mean, I would say earthy. There was an earthiness. That's why I say Dagobah system. Even though Dagobah isn't the earth, it felt like going to the Dagobah system. And this kid, though, you know, yeah, nobody was outright mean to him. But it's like nobody took him seriously as a human being. And uh, he is the kind of kid, like, you'd overhear him being like, I got a D, yes. Because it, it was just failure was kind of a given. And he wasn't stupid. But it also wasn't just his ADD he also I, I don't know what was going on with him it's, it was more than ADD he definitely had a learning disability of some kind but you wouldn't he certainly wasn't slow he, he wasn't somebody you'd associate with the you know the, the, the slow the, the what, learning I, I don't know he, he wasn't a retard is basically what I'm saying but he also was and he was a fairly nice kid you know, he was like any every kid at that age has a mean streak in them. But he was overall a pretty nice kid. And uh, he later on he got into metal, which is weird. Because he, he always one thing that was weird, he was kind of an exhibitionist. I think he just didn't have any sense of shame. Because he was a kid where back in like second or third grade, he was the kind of kid like where he, he would uh, kids could tell him to go hump something and he would. But he also would, he would sing in the talent show every year, even though everyone found him ridiculous. He would he would put himself out there, and he would he loved to sing, and he could kind of sing like he could like he he could carry a tune, but he had an awful voice, if that makes sense. It just sounded like his voice, which wasn't a great voice. I mean, not a horrible voice, but it, you wouldn't think of it as a good voice for a singer ever. But it just kind of sounded like his talking voice and he was able to kind of carry a tune. But he wasn't a good singer. But he would still, he would put himself, he was in some school plays, some musicals, but he, he also, the one thing that, it seemed to be his big event of the year. It seemed like his whole year revolved around singing in the talent show and people would cheer him on. And it was sort of, it was sort of an ironic cheer, what we call an ironic cheer, where they would, they would cheer him on like way, way more heavily than they ever would anybody else.
and it was done sort of ironically, but also I think people just gen were genuinely amused. I mean, I know they were. And I, I know he did a bunch of different songs because every year he would sign up for the the talent show and sing by himself, unaccompanied. He would have some sort of instrumental track maybe. And one year he did uh, If I Go Crazy, Will You Still Call Me Superman? Because he loved rock. He loved hard rock. Hard Rick. He loved hard Rick. Um, but he, he was obviously really into that era of music. Like he was really into like the current hard rock that was popular on the radio. And he sang that Three Doors Down, If I Go Crazy, Will They Still Call Me Superman? And when he did it, he did this air guitar. This really weird, like, but just with one hand. Like, he would, and I, I'd seen him do this a number of times. Like, I, I went to school with this kid from the time I was a kindergartner all the way to when I graduated in high school. So, like, 12, 13 years. I didn't know he existed until first grade. But I went to the same school as him and was in the same grade, had classes with him, like, the first 13 years of my life. So, this kid was a fixture. And once he started kind of getting into music, uh, I saw him sing many times. Because like I said, like I'm not saying he sang in the talent show once. Like this kid would jump at any opportunity to sing in front of people. But it wasn't like he had the voice of an angel. Like I, like I said, he could carry a tune like just at the most basic level. But he didn't have a singing voice. But seeing him perform, and, I've, and I'd seen him rock out. He was the kind of kid he would like rock out in class. And he would do this thing. It was sort of his own tick where he would kind of lean forward and do this weird headbang. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a traditional headbang. It was just sort of like he would rock, he would like stand with his head like looking down and he would sort of like rock it up and down. And then with it, one of his hands, he would keep one of his hands like straight, straight down in a fist and then with the other hand, he would like pretend like he was strumming a guitar, but in this very like un unnuanced way. It was just like bringing his hand up and down. And so he did that when he sang "If I Go Crazy, Will You Call Me Superman?" It's a wordy song. The title's I think the title's just Superman. But he did that on stage, and they filmed it. And I remember they they re-aired the talent show on our cafeteria closed caption video system and it got to that part like so they had edited the footage from the talent show and they played that part in slow motion they, the part where he headbangs and does his weird one-handed guitar thing they played that on slow motion in the cafeteria and like everybody in the cafeteria just erupted and cheer And it was always half ironic. It was always like everyone like genuinely enjoyed it, but it's like they were also making fun of it, but without making fun of him directly, like not hating on him, not trying to make him feel bad. It was just like, look at this ridiculous human. That's truly it. Look at this ridiculous human. But he, he later he got into metal, like toward the end of high school. Like I'd been into metal, I'd been into all that stuff, but just uh, like some of it, I guess, kind of surprised me because I don't know where he made the jump because he liked new metal. But then, like, I think our, our senior year of high school, or after high school, maybe, because I, I kind of kept tabs on him. I did, I, he's my Facebook friend, but it's like I haven't s seen this kid since the day I left high school. I saw him driving once, and he gave me the... Because then he started doing the metal horns. Like, he loved the metal horns. 
but he wasn't like you would never like when I say someone's a metalhead. That's the thing. Like like when I meet pe- random people or at work or something, like I'll say, "Oh, I'm in the metal. I'm a metalhead." Just for lack of, I don't want to get into the, you know, I don't want to get into it. Just saying, I like metal is is easy. But when you say that to people, like they really have no idea what you mean. Like when I say that to people, I imagine like, oh, they they assume I like Judas Priest, Slayer, Iron Maiden, which I do. But instead, they have a completely different idea. Like I worked with this guy years ago who I really liked, ex-military, awesome guy, like truly an awesome guy. But he found out I like metal, and I, I went to his house for a get together once, and we were just drinking beer. And he's like, oh, I got to show you something. And he took me into his living room and he had some sort of like on-demand music player in his house, like on, on his TV. Like he played music through his TV, which I think a lot of people do now. And he had some sort of, you know, surround sound stereo for it. And he, he's like, check this out. And he, he started playing me Lamb of God. And this isn't, I'm not a, you know, I'm truly not a musical elitist. I just really like what I like and don't like what I don't like and don't care about what I don't care about. I don't look down on anyone's musical taste with few exceptions. Like the people whose taste I look down on, and I've said this before, are actually the people who have closer taste to me than anybody. Like the same people who are in, like deeply into the same weird niche I am, I'm more judgmental of their tastes. Whereas, like, people who I don't have anything in common with musically, there's no judgment. I'm not like, oh, you got, you listen to shit that sucks. You know, I, I don't think that way. But if I don't care about something, if I don't care about a certain kind of music or a certain band, like, I can't pretend to care about it. It's not a judgment. It's not my taste is better, better than yours. In some cases, it definitely is. But it's um, just purely, like, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. And this guy, he started like playing me Lamb of God. And he was like, playing me Lamb of God. He was like, you're into metal. You know, Lamb of God, dude. Like, let's, let's, let's drink these beers and like, listen to Lamb of God. Let's sneak away from the rest of the party and listen to Lamb of God. But I, and I was just like, oh. And it sucks, it, it sucks to be in that position because it's not a big deal. But it's just kind of like, I can't pretend to be into this because you, you, and you can't, you can't pretend to be into that stuff. Like I worked with a guy at this warehouse when I was younger, he was like 40, like this weird nerd. He had something wrong with him, but he had a wife and kid. He wore really baggy jean shorts and really baggy shirts. He had red hair and glasses and a red goatee, just a dork, not a nerd, but a true dork. And he found out I like metal. And I don't even think we established any common ground. Like we didn't establish some kind of common ground. We're like, you like Slayer? I like Slayer. He just heard I like metal. So he would bring CDs to work and lend them to me. I mean, he did that like once or twice. I'm not saying this was something that happened all the time, but it happened. And one of them was just this, this like God awful Christian metalcore band. Not even one I'd ever heard of. Because I've heard of some of those bands. Like, I've heard their names. Like, you see kids in those t-shirts. You hear people talk about it. This is one, though, I don't think I'd ever heard of. And he was just like, dude, you got to listen to this. And then, like, the next day, like, what would you think of the CD? And I never listened to it. Because I knew. Why would I even bother listening to it? And so I just gave it back to him. I was like, oh, it's not really my thing. And he was like, he, he was, like, deflated. 
And then this other guy started working there, this young guy who all he wore were like metalcore t-shirts. Like there was one that he would always wear to work. It said Austrian death machine, I think, with a big picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it was some kind of metalcore band, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger themed death uh, metalcore band. Not, not death. I, I could, if it was death metal, that'd be a different story. Even if it was death metal, I didn't particularly like. There'd at least be some kind of common ground there, hopefully. But just you know, with metalcore, like yeah, when I was like fifteen, there were some metalcore bands I liked, like the band Botch who was based here, like the band Botch was local. Like I really, I loved going to see that band. There were other stuff too, but I, I mean, I just, I moved past it very quickly. It's just, that was the only, there, growing up in Seattle, there were, there were no actual metal bands around. Yeah, there were like three. But as far as like being a teenage, a young teenager going to shows, it's like, there was no real metal to, to see and and what was there was like boring and not worth much. I can think of a few bands. Like I saw a black metal band that was based in Seattle. And I remember being really excited just because it was it was the first black metal band I ever saw live. And that stuff was scarce. And I remember like watching it and being like, Yeah, this isn't this is so boring. This sucks. I'm excited to be here, but yeah, this is, this sucks. So it's like the clo the closest thing you could find most of the time was just these metalcore bands, for lack of a better term. Um, but Austrian Death Machine, I, I have no idea what that band is. I only know it because this guy he wore a lot of metalcore band shirts, and so those two guys bonded over music. Like he found his music friend. But point being, it's just like. If you do pretend to like something like that when someone's offering it to you, they'll just keep laying it on. It never ends. Like, if that guy had lent me that Christian metalcore, nothing wrong with the fact that it's Christian, but it tells you kind of what it is Christian metalcore. Um, you know, if I had been like, oh, you know, that was cool, thanks, the next day there'd be another CD. The next day, there'd be another conversation. It would never end. So you just have to say, oh, not really my thing. Not my thing. Same with the Lamb of God guy. Like, I that, I just know, I, I, I don't even know how to comprehend that. I don't know how to comprehend Lamb. I mean, it's simple. It's easy to comprehend. But that's just not something I was ever into or ever could be into. And when this guy was just like blasting it for me, like brought me into his den basically and was just like, dude, I was just like, oh, I can't do this. And that's the kind of shit this kid got into. I haven't forgotten about him. This kid that I grew up with, like when he got, he got into metal like very late, it was, yeah, like Lamb of God. I, I think like, this is a weird band. I don't think they're weird at all, but this is a, a band that comes up weirdly which is, I think, Children of Bodom. Children of Bodom. Children of Bodom. I don't know what they sound like. I, I imagine they're melodic death metal, like Gothenburg style. Like, I know I've heard them at some point, but I just um, missed the boat completely. Like, not that there was a, not that I was ever waiting at the dock for Children of Bodom. Children of Bodom. 
Uh, not that I was ever waiting at the dock, and I, I have nothing bad to say. I don't know. They, for all I know, they could be a band where, like, if I listened to some of their early albums or something, I might be like, "Hey, this is actually good for what it is." I think they're Finnish. It's just I knew it wasn't for me. Like, but and it's I've just always I've heard them talked about a lot. Like, they're a big band, but I just have no fucking idea really what they do or where their following comes from. Like, why did people choose that band? Because, I mean, there's some In Flames I like. Because like, that's what I relate it to. I imagine it's kind of kind of like In Flames. I don't know that. But that's what I've always imagined. And, like, yeah, there's a couple uh, In Flames. Like, there's an In Flames EP early on. There's that Lunar Strain album, which is really stripped down. It's just, like, really stripped down, simple, melodic death metal. I like that stuff. I like At The Gates. I like At The Gates. I'm not crazy about them at this point in my life. But there was a bar I used to go to that had... some. They would play At The Gates at some point on the jukebox like pretty much every night. When it would come on, I'd be like, okay, you know, yeah. At The Gates is great. And they really nailed it. It's just not... I'm not going to sit around listening to At The Gates the past 15 years of my life or more. More than that, last, yeah. But uh, Children of Bodom, that's the kind of like shit. This kid I grew up with, this ADD kid, like somehow it's like he went from like Three Doors Down to New Metal, and that and that trajectory makes sense. You know, it makes sense to go from just like radio hard rock to like New Metal to Lamb of God. I mean, that's I think that's the thing about Lamb of God. Like whenever <laughs> whenever I've heard them, I've been like, hey, this, this is like New Metal. That, I saw that band Chimera live. Chimera live. I saw that band Chimera live. They were touring with Danzig in 2001 or 2002. And I had to see Danzig. But those are the sorts of bands, too, that would open for Danzig. Like Danzig in the early 2000s. Yeah, you're going to go see like some band that sounds like that. And that band Chimera opened, and like I couldn't even hear what they were doing. Like I, I watched every single band. Um, what are they called? What's that band called? Uh, it'll come to me later. It's just the P, I think. They started as like a like a thrash metal or crossover band, and then they got kind of industrial. Can't remember what that band's called. Well known band, but they they opened weirdly. You know, you would think that they would be like the band who played right before Danzig. It was a big band, fairly big. Band. The big band. The big band. It'll come to me. I think it starts with a P, but I'm not positive. It's one word. But yeah, they, in the 80s, they go back to the 80s and they were like a... I don't know if they were speed metal, but definitely kind of some kind of like thrash. Some variant of thrash, you might say. A variant of thrash. And they added in like a really terrible industrial style to what they did. They were absolutely awful watching them live. At least in 2001, 2002, just awful. And then Chimera, though, was was like the band who played next. And I just couldn't even like hear it. The only thing significant that happened was this guy was moshing at the front of the stage. And like the singer was leaning down. And the guy punched or tried to punch the singer... And just this is a big venue. It was at the um, the Experience Music Project, which is like 
the rock museum it's it, like the downstairs is this giant rock and roll museum and then the upstairs is a venue it's a very professional venue and like the, it was crazy like within like it felt like seconds the security had grabbed this guy who punched i think he did actually punch him he punched the Kamira singer and like within seconds like this team of security like grabbed the guy and there was this back door with a sidewalk and like they just took him back there like they literally lifted him up in the air above their bodies like crowd surfing him basically these four security guards just like lifted him up in the air and just carried him like a piece of like a dead deer or something and they opened up this back door that was like an alleyway or something and they just threw him back there they literally threw him onto the concrete and he just laid there for a little while like they didn't kill him but they definitely hurt this guy but yeah, he he hit the singer of that band, Kamira. But anyway, they're one of those bands though, where it's like they're 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 like somehow new metal, like like somehow they're 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 like metalcore, but on the new metal side. I think of Lamb of God and stuff that same way. So of course this kid would get into that stuff, and it, that's something that comes up too. Like. I, I know a guy, I know a couple guys, I know a couple of guys, I know a couple of guys, like one of them is an older guy, he's, he's a boomer, and I found out he was into metal, a guy I know, which is cool, I was like, oh, I didn't know you were into metal, because he, he saw, that's the thing, he saw like all these awesome bands in the 80s, like some bands who were kind of underground at the time, but he also saw stuff like Slayer, Iron Maiden at their peak. Tons of stuff, though. This guy was going to a ton of concerts in the 80s. But then now he's into, like, absolute crap. It's like he's into the band Trivium. I, I That's a newer band to me. I don't even want to say it's crap, but it's just I, zero interest in anything like that. I don't even want to know what they do. And metalcore and stuff like because that's a that's a type of guy and like those kind of guys were around in the early 2000s too where it's like guys who had been into legitimately good metal when it was new in the 80s but then by the 2000s it's like they they want to stay into what's coming out they're like gotta support new bands dude you gotta support the new bands but then that to them it's just like oh like metalcore it's just like oh this is heavy dude Oh, dude, they played a riff that reminded me of Slayer. Oh, dude, these breakdowns are just like Slayer. A lot of dudes like that then, but they still exist now where they were into the best stuff that was around in the 80s, but it's just like they missed something. And so, sometimes with those guys, it's like they they tuned out of metal in the 90s and they tuned back in in the 2000s and got into what was current then, which was mostly crap. But you'll talk to those people and it's like, you want to just talk about the old stuff with them. But they're like, have you heard Gojira? Have you heard Gojira? And I, I don't know what that band sounds like either. These are just names to me that I see. But I know it's not something I want to listen to. And I know it's not something I can relate to somebody over. So it's, it's always this weird thing where it's like, oh, whoa, you saw this band in 1983? And it's like, yeah. And you know who I you know who else I saw? Gajira. 
There was a lady who came into work and like somehow she was an old lady. She was a grandma. But somehow we got to talking about Dio, I think it was. I think it was Dio. It was something. It was something classic. And she was like, oh, before my husband died, we got to see him and like Dio pointed at him. But then she's like, and then like, but you know, like two months ago, you know who I saw? Hell yeah. And what, that's actually crazy. I mean, because it's just like, I don't even, there's a band called Hell Yeah. It's like one word, Hell Yeah. And I don't expect this like old lady. I mean, she's probably in her 50s, maybe 60 at the oldest. Kind of a white trash grandma. I think she was wearing a band shirt or something, but somehow, like, I was just like, oh, you know. Uh, oh, you know. But somehow, like, yeah, we were talking about, like, some of the classic stuff. But then, inevitably, she's like, yeah, and we saw Hell Yeah last week. Yeah, it was awesome. And good for her. Like, that's how you stay into stuff. Like, that's how you stay, like, that's the lust for life. It's like, you can see Judas Priest in 1985... And then 30 years later, you're just as excited about hell yeah. Whatever that is. I don't know what that is. And I, I guess that goes back to the kid I'm talking about. Because this kid that I grew up with, something I've realized about him is like he never stopped being excited about like the new version of something like if there's some band he liked like he'll never not be excited about the new album they make I'm the kind of person where it's like every single thing I like I not only have no excitement I, I just I dread anything new coming out related to it I'm just fundamentally conservative you know Star Wars is a good example like you know, there's people out there, I mean, I have an ex-girlfriend like this, where she will never not be excited about a new Star Wars movie. Like, she'll say the prequels suck, or that kind of thing. But she'll, like, if they announce a new Star Wars movie, or show, or whatever they do, like, she will, she will always be excited about it. And that's amazing. Like, it's amazing that, that you can do that. Like the kid I grew up with. I'd love to say his name because his name really fits him. I'll just say it. His name is Dakota. The boy's name is Dakota. I'm doxing him. I'm doxing Dakota. What we call doing a little doxing Dakota. This is my child. It sounds like something else. Doxing D Dakota. But I'm doxing Dakota. But like he, he added me on Facebook years ago. And so I would occasionally see his posts and it would just be like, dude, there's a new Marvel movie coming out. Dude, hell yeah. This is going to be epic. Like when that term became overused, like some years ago, you would see the word epic. Just You don't see it as much now. But you would just see that word overused everywhere for a while. Misused, overused. Dude, we're going to go get ice cream sundaes. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Um, and this kid, he, he of course used that. And I would, this is back when more, when I was using Facebook more regularly, like 10 years ago, 
But you'd look at it and like you'd see a post from him and he'd be like, dude, I'm going to go see like the new X-Men. It's going to be epic. Like he will never, you can't make too many Marvel movies. He will go to the movie theater and have a great night. It's not like he sets himself up for failure. Like he's going to have no judgment of it. He's just experiencing it. He's excited. It's amazing. New Lamb of God album. Epic. He doesn't have that part of his brain that says, like, oh, this isn't as good as the thing they did before. This is different. Oh, the new Star Wars, not as good as the original Star Wars. Which is a pretty basic opinion. I mean, that's a basic opinion. You don't, you don't have to be a nerd. You don't have to have nuanced taste to think the old Star Wars are better than the new Star Wars. But this kid doesn't even have that. Like, he, he will just be excited about the fact that there's a new one. And, you know, and it works for him. Like, I couldn't... I, I like being negative. I can't be as negative as I used to be, but I like... I still like being critical and negative because that itself produces a form of enjoyment. It's like what I've said about how being serious is often more fun in certain contexts. You know, like, at a job... I take the job seriously. I work incredibly hard, but I I also joke a lot. Like I don't t I don't take myself too seriously, no matter what I'm doing. I'd rather make a joke, you know, while I'm working hard. I'd rather see the absurdity of it. I don't have a choice. I have to see the absurdity of it. But uh, with this guy. Uh, you know, he doesn't need to be that way. And, and just to finish my thought, like, it's more fun for me to be the way I am. Even though I have to keep myself in check, because you can easily become miserable, you can easily become a curmudgeon. So I have to keep myself in check in that way. But it also produces a lot of enjoyment. Like, it works out a different part of my brain. And, like, the idea I've talked about before, of like, like in music, for example, like, sometimes being serious is actually a different form of fun, and it's more fun. Like, when I see a band who's very uh, effective, and they obviously take themselves seriously, they have a certain confidence and uh, stoicism or something, there are people who will see that and be like, why aren't they rocking out? Why aren't they having more fun? And it's like, because what they're doing is more fun than having fun. Standing stoically with your guitar and just, you know, staring into nothing, that, that's more fun to watch sometimes. It, it's just more effective. It depends on what it is. But it's the same thing for being kind of critical or negative, not enjoying the new album, not enjoying the new thing. Sometimes that's more fun than enjoying it. It produces other ideas, other thoughts. You connect with people over it. You have fun conversations. Like I remember my best childhood fr friend and I, like we had a lot of fun discussing the new Star Wars after they came out because we hated them. But we had fun with our hate. We had fun with our hate. You having fun with your hate? Hey, hey, are you having fun with your hate? You can't have fun with your hate. 
And someone like me or the people that I'm friends with, we're not the kind of people who can have fun in that way. And that's okay. We have fun in our own way. But none of us are the kind of person who will be like, dude, epic news, new Lamb of God album coming out. Or even if it's something we like, you know, even if it's something we genuinely like, and it's not horrible. Like I remember when the, the the band Autopsy reformed, like they were they were fine. Out of all the band reformations, like what I remember of like Autopsy doing new material, I was like, this, this is good. Yeah, it's good. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't you know, their their original material. It didn't have that same feeling. And so I couldn't be that excited about it. I couldn't just be like, dude, new autopsy, dude. I just couldn't be that way because I'm like, it's still not the same. The magic that I hear, the magic that I've experienced from like early autopsy, it's not there. Not completely. There's nothing shameful about it. But I'm not hearing it. I just believe in magic, that's all. And if, the ma if something doesn't feel magical... I just can't muster up the interest because there's so many magical things to be interested in. I just can't force myself to be committed to something that isn't magical. I do end up getting caught up in things that aren't magical, but I can't be truly excited about them because the truth is, I mean, it's like life is so mundane, you know, it's like you're, you're going to have to accept a certain amount of non-magical things into your life, but I just can't be as excited about them. But uh, it's, a, it's something I've thought about, though. It's like Miles, my friend Miles, I talk about a lot. Like he used to work at a Mexican restaurant here. And I remember him saying to me one day, he's like, you know, like these Mexican guys I work with on Friday night after work, they just they go out to the club and they just have a good time. Like they're going to the playground and they're going to have fun at the playground. Whereas, like, everyone I know, they're going to go to a club. And, I mean, most people I know wouldn't want to go to a club. But they're going to go to a bar. They're going to go to something on their Friday night. And there's going to be a part of them that's having some sort of existential nightmare. Like, it's not going to be what they want it to be. Oh, it's too crowded. Oh, there's not enough people. Oh, like this. Uh. But these Mexican dudes Miles worked with, like what he said, I, I immediately understood. Like they just go out to the club and have fun. Like they made a decision to go to the playground and they're, they're going to swing on the swings and it's going to be fun. There's going to be no nothing existential about it, nothing weird. They're just going to go do it. And that's what people are like when they just, new Marvel movie, going to watch it. Oh, dude, you see like the new Ant-Man is coming out? Dude, did you see the new Ant-Man is coming out? Dude. Let's get our tickets, dude. That's what this kid is like. Never not being excited about something. But Star Wars is a good example because it's like they're never going to stop making new Star Wars, apparently. You know, I grew up in this time where you had three... And you made the most of those three. 
they'd been out for a you know the last one had been made probably like close to a decade by the time i got into it which is crazy to think about it's crazy to think that when i got into star wars it had only been around for a decade you know it seems like it always seemed like it was so far you know in, in movie history or something but it wasn't that long before like when i think about something today that was came out a decade ago that was yesterday but it was just you're gonna make the most of these three you might rent ewok adventure but that, that's about it and you're gonna rewatch you're gonna watch them rewatch them and it's magic those are magical movies so you're gonna watch them and rewatch them you're going to get everything you can. You're going to memorize the name of every character who walks by in the background. What's he all about? What planet's he from? What did some expanded universe book write about him? And, uh, you know, and that was, but that was it. You just kind of live with that. Like, all through the 90s, you're just like, yeah, you know, it's cool this thing Star Wars came out a while back. And I'm just into it. But then they started coming out with the new ones. And then it was like, oh, there's these these new three. And then it's like, oh, well, they suck. Okay, they suck. They're not magical. But it's just those three. And they provide a different form of fun. And as I've said many times on here, because I do my monthly Star Wars talk... You know, I'm, I'm happy that Star Wars sucked. When it, I'm happy the prequels sucked. Because if they were good, what would what would have happened to me? Like, if Star Wars kept being really good and magical, would I have just remained a Star Wars freak? Would I... You know, like, something else had to occupy that place in my brain, right? Like, Star Wars had to suck so it could free me up. Not that I would have stayed some like Star Wars fanatic if it, even if it was really good when they came out with the prequels, but still it freed up a little space. So I appreciate it on that level, and then I appreciate that it provided a lot of humor. It provided a different form of fun. But then they capped it off with you know the prequels. But then you know when they started making all the new Star Wars, all the new shows, all the new movies. It's just like, oh yeah, this isn't, they can't shut this off now. Like, this is just going to go on forever. This thing that we had a finite amount of up to a certain point until like 1999, or even after the last prequel came out, it still felt like this is finite. It's done. We have what we have. But when they rebooted it and it was just like, no, no, this is a faucet. There's going to be more. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make more. More Star Wars. We're going to make more. You know what we need to do? Make another Star Wars. And then, you know what? We have two others in the hopper, too. Two others in the hopper. But the amazing... And then, like, people like me are just, like, burned out. Like, when I saw the... Uh, I've seen two of the... I guess you call them the sequels. I don't know you call... I don't know you call, like, the new ones... But I, I saw the like the first one. I, I know I've mentioned this before, but uh, when the first of the newest ones came out, the Force Awakens, 
my girlfriend at the time had seen it, and she wasn't a big Star Wars fan. Like, she thought old Star Wars was cool, but she wasn't a fan. But she saw it with her mom and then, like, messaged me and was like, oh, you got to see it. You're going to like it. It's like the old ones. And I was I, I was skeptical, though. Like, I have, I have a strong intuition with these things, and she had good taste in things, but I just, I just knew she was wrong. It's like, ah, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, no, it, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take some real magic for me to feel that way about this. I know that. I know your intentions are good. You just want me to enjoy something for once. You just want me to be excited about something for once. But I, I know I'm not going to like this. I know I'm not going to care. At the very least, I'm not going to care. And then my childhood best friend, like my, my Star Wars friend from childhood, like we were just both obsessed with Star Wars in second grade. He messaged me before I saw it and he was like, dude, I saw it. Dude, you're going to like it. And I was like, I don't you know, I got two people, two important people in my life saying I'm going to like it. One of whom, you know, shared my taste in so many things, including Star Wars. I still didn't trust it, though. And so finally I saw it. And the whole time I just had a sinking feeling. I was like, this sucks. This is worse than the prequels. It's not as blatantly bad. It's not as absurd and... You know, it's not as stupid as the prequels, but what makes the prequels enjoyable in their own way is just how stupid they are. These movies weren't stupid. To me, they were insulting. Like the new Star Wars, they weren't stupid, they were insulting. So, uh, and I saw it with that girlfriend I had at the time, and like she's like, what'd you think? And I was like, oh, it was good. Because I just didn't want to be nasty. She wanted me to enjoy it. I was like, oh, it was good, 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 it was good. You know, so I had to just sheepishly, and I remember we were walking out of the theater and I, I, I sounded so sheepish. I, it was, it was good. It was good, it was, it was good. Um. But no, it wasn't. It was It was just... What they were doing just felt insulting. But the funny thing, if you watch kind of... You know, because I love oppositional defiance. Like, I love uh, observing it. And I have a little bit of it in me myself, of course... I feel like I've gotten past it for the most part, but it'll, there'll always be a part of me that's just a retarded hater. An RH, I'm just a retarded hater. And uh, when the prequels came out, I remember being like, you know, I, I'm very excited. To, like, the feeling I had, like, when they, when they released the first prequel, I think it was 1999, I, I was in seventh grade, I know that. You know, I was genuinely excited. There had been hype for years. I remember seeing in this... There was a Star Wars magazine I read where they had photos from the set and it was on Tatooine. And being like, oh, 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 look, look, what they're... You know, and being excited. Patty, don't bite me. 
just being genuinely excited like they're making them they've been room this has been a rumor for years that lucas wants to make the new star wars prequels and then finally they were making them how could you not be excited there was no reason to expect a letdown especially if you're young and then you know i I saw it with my mom. My mom and I went and saw the first Star Wars movie. And of course, like, that initial... Ex- and what's funny, too, is like these... I had a friend, not the same childhood friend, but I had this other friend in junior high who was a really smart guy, really good taste in things. And he saw it opening night, and he came to school the next day, and he was just he had this little smirk on his face and a gleam in his eye. And I remember he was like, best movie ever. I was like, what? And he, really? And he's like, yeah. He's like, it was really fucking good. But I'm sure part of that was that he was in the theater on opening night. Like, the experience was probably good. Just that level of energy. I went and saw it soon after, though. And I, I was just like, I don't like it. Like, not only do I not like it, this is fucking stupid. And it got worse from there. Or I don't know if it got worse. That first one might be the worst. I don't know. But it just it's continued to be awful. And everything they did with it, like all the promotional material, the way everything looked, not just the CGI, but even just like the way those robots looked, it just all looked stupid. Whereas like the original Star Wars, it seemed like it was this happy accident. Like... Star Wars, it, it wasn't all by design. Some stuff was. But there was a lot about those movies that was just a happy accident, like so many good things. Like throwing together some of these costumes using just scraps from the, the costume department at old movies. Somehow it worked. Like finding an old Wolfman mask and just throwing it on a character and now he's an alien in the cantina. It worked. Everything looked right. You know, it was it was very earthy and junky. Like that's the way like junk in sci-fi should look. Everything's very worn and ragged. But also the slick stuff looks really slick and cool and it's not overdone like the way the empire looked. The black and white colors, the gray, the uniforms, all that just looked great. So it was a happy accident in many ways. Yeah, like there was clear thought put into it and creativity, but then what they had to work with at the time, they just had, let's use this. Let's try this. It was an experiment using just uh, what they had around them, limited resources. And so, of course, the new the prequels looked stupid and felt stupid. The dialogue was stupid. Everything about it. Even the music didn't have the the right feeling to it. They used that same composer, but even the music just didn't get me. Like, the original Star Wars music, as overdone as it is, like, we've heard that music so many freaking times. Like, I'm, I'm sick of the original Star Wars music. But there's something so good and effective about it. Whereas, you know, the they, same orchestral style for the prequels, but the melodies and feeling of it just isn't there. The magic isn't there. So I didn't like anything about it, really. 
But I remember being excited initially and just that excitement going away and, and just, just kind of accepting, like, oh, these aren't good. I want to be into these, but they're just not good. But what's interesting is there are people who will be let down like that. Like talking about that other ex-girlfriend of mine who she hated the prequels too. She hated the CGI stuff they did to the originals, the special editions. Like, she had that kind of conservative, critical take on those movies. But she managed to just still be into Star Wars and still be excited. And that's amazing. Like, I, I don't look down on that. I think it's just like, whoa. Like, it's amazing that, like, you didn't just shut that off. Like, for me, when those movies let me down... It just sort of shut off the Star Wars part of my brain. Like, I'll never be excited about another Star Wars thing. The magic is just done. The magic left this thing. The life left this thing. But someone else is like, oh, there's life. There's still magic. There's still life. The new one. It's good. Oh, dude. The release of a new Star Wars on June 27th. 2023 oh my it's gonna be exciting i'm gonna go experience it and that's part of what it is you just go for the experience the experience like the lust for life i'm gonna go to the club and it's gonna be fun we're gonna go clubbing tonight we worked all week sweating in this mexican kitchen and then we're going to go to the club with our money on Friday night and have a great time. We're going to go see the new Star Wars and have a great time. I don't endorse or recommend the way I live or do things or see things. But there's a lot of people like me too. But I mean, I'm, I'm very tapped into that feeling of magic and momentum and I can just at this when I was younger like I, I was just as aware of it but I didn't really know that's what it was and I was distracted by other things but at this point in my life I can tell you within seconds if something has a certain magic to it even if I don't like it like I can listen to the radio and music I don't like, like I could never bear to listen to if I had the choice and I can still tell you if it has a certain magic to it it's not about taste when I say magic it's not taste because I can tell you that even something I actually hate 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 even something I actually hate can have a, a, a very powerful magic to it um but at this point I do feel like I, I within seconds within milliseconds I can just sense it I can hear the opening riff to a song and tell you instantly. I can watch the very beginning of a movie and tell you instantly. Um, it, it has nothing to do even with whether it's well done or not, or whether there's something valuable in it. It's just purely, does this have magic in it or not? But anyway, um, I don't know why I was thinking about this kid. I've had, I haven't seen anything of him in a while. He had ADD. He kind of kid who got in trouble. Like he, he would, like I said, he, he was lucky if he didn't get an F in every class. He just 
I think he delivers pizzas. And that's a good life for him. A good life for this kid is just to deliver pizzas the rest of his life. He's, he got really into weed, too, I found out. His parents were into weed, but he didn't. He did not smoke any weed that I know of in high school. I wouldn't have wanted to be around him if I was high or he was high. But I, I found out he got really into weed because he would post about it on Facebook. He'd be like, "I got a bunch of medibles." He called them medibles, like medical edibles. It's like, "Oh, dude, I'm making a medible cake tonight, and I'm gonna watch the entire Avengers series." But that's a good life for him, delivering pizzas, like, enough to, like, scrape by. And uh, just smoking weed and watching Avengers. New Iron Man. Dude, New Iron Man, we know what we're doing on July 21st. I, you know where to find me on July 21st. And those people can be disappointed by things. It's not like those people don't feel disappointment or don't dislike some things. It's just that it doesn't really phase them. It doesn't ever stop them. Like, they're going to continue to go see that new Marvel movie. They're going to continue to go see that new Star Wars movie. If there's a band that they once liked, they will be excited about every single album that band ever does, no matter what it is. They'll give it a shot. And that's, that's just wild to me. It's so foreign to me. And, and like I said, I don't think my way of life or way of thinking is better. I think a lot of people would commit suicide if they thought the way I, I do. And I'm not kidding. Like, I've found my own peace. I greatly enjoy life. But I would never want most people to think the way I think or react the way I react. I think it would be a miserable existence for a lot of people if they didn't know what to do with that. It'd be a miserable existence. And I have to be careful not to try to make other people, not that I not ever try, but I, I just have to make an effort to not make other people miserable with my way of thinking. But just to, to be excited. It's an amazing thing. And it, it's almost it's like a child. Like a guy I know was telling me how his little nephew is obsessed with Paw Patrol. It's a cartoon I think they're cops. Something like that. Like firefighters and cops. But it's it's like little dogs, cartoon dogs. CGI cartoon dogs that are cops and firefighters. And he was telling me how his nephew is just obsessed with it. And how his nephew can be having like the biggest tantrum in the world and all you have to do is put Paw Patrol on and he's just excited. Like anything Paw Patrol will be cool. And I remember feeling that way. Part of that's just the, 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 ch the state of childhood. Because I think about the 90s, and I remember being excited about, like, every movie preview. You'd go to the movies, and you'd see big signs for the upcoming movies, and you'd just be like, oh, they're making a Super Mario Brothers movie. They're making a Super... Oh, it's going to be awesome. 
Oh, they're coming out with a sequel to blah, blah, blah. It's going to be awesome. I got to see that. I want to see that. That was what everything was like. Not that I... There were obviously things I didn't like. I always had opinions as a kid. But if something was even in my wheelhouse at all, I was just like, oh, dude, got to see it. Got to see that. Dude, we're going to go see that, right? We're going to go see that. Want to go see that? Um, and at some point, though, you, just, you, you start developing your, your taste buds. You just kind of, you start, you see a sequel to a movie you liked, and you're like, oh, you know, that actually sucked. There's nothing to like about that. That excitement I felt was, it was a letdown. A letdown. What a letdown. What a letdown. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you, it, it's not even like bitterness. It's not a tragedy. You just get let down by things, by entertainment, by media, by art. It's not even, it doesn't even have to be cynicism. It doesn't even have to turn into cynicism. You just get let down by those things naturally because you're developing taste. You're realizing that like, oh, dude, they're coming out with Speed 2. Dude, I loved Speed and they're coming out with Speed 2. I'm going to love it. And then you realize, oh, it's not as good. And in the future, like, you learn from that. It's like, oh, dude, I had these raspberries. And then I found a bush of other berries. They're going to be good. And then you eat the berries and they poison you. They make you sick. So you learn, like, oh, I, I probably shouldn't get excited every time I see a, a berry patch. And that's kind of how it is with consuming media and entertainment and art is you're like oh I, I can't I can't get too excited and you also get a sense like you, you get a sense when something comes out whether it's worth getting excited about like I still get excited about some things I'm, excitement hasn't left me it's just that it's it's rare and I just know that if I let myself get too excited about something I'm going to be let down and it's not a horrible thing to be let down it's like not a big deal at all to be let down. It's, it's just getting let down. It's easy. Because you don't build yourself up too high. This land is mine. God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children and run free.